Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow in your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. All right, welcome back, everyone. Today's really exciting interview with Kevin Jennings. And Kevin, I recently heard at a conference called Rethink Leadership. And he he said a few things that caught my attention. And we're like, we have to get you on and talk more and go deeper. Uh, so a little background, if you don't already know him, he is, first of all, and most importantly, an avid fan of bow ties. And we'll get into that more. But he's also a business coach, a personal brand strategist, And his focus is kind of empowering entrepreneurs, authors, subject matter experts uh, with a plan and resources to turn their vision into value and also turning their passion into profit. And so he's worked with, you know, people like Dave Ramsey and Oprah Winfrey and Tony Robbins and also all kinds of other entrepreneurs. And I think what he does is really helpful for helping them clarify who they are and who they want to be known as. So he is the CEO currently of Junction 32, which does this kind of work. And he also is the co-founder and a mentor at this place called Launch University, which you guys need to check out. It's really cool. I've been checking it out lately and I'm a fan. (laughs) But they basically provide professional development resources to entrepreneurs, executives, nonprofit leaders. And basically, I think their tagline is turning go-getters into difference makers. So uh, Kevin... Welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. and We can't wait to honestly just learn a lot from you. Well, Steve, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be hanging out with everyone here on the podcast um, who, are, who want to change the world and use their gifts and talents to do so. So it's an honor to be a part of it. Yeah. And isn't it so fun? I mean, just seeing people when they come alive into that and they're making a difference, but they're having fun doing it. And it's it's kind of this this amazing thing that I feel like everyone can do. Um, but not everyone feels freed up to do that. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, so I mean, anyone's picking themselves. I'm always a fan for people who, who decide, you know what, this is my, this is the life, only life I've been given and I'm going to pick myself to do the things I want to do. Yeah. Well, I think obviously today we want to talk about two things. How do you grow yourself and how do you grow your personal brand? Like you're an expert in both of these. I'm going to pick your brain and, you know, I'm trying to learn about brand myself right now. So first let's touch on the personal and you gotta, you gotta fill us in on the bow ties. Like where did that, has that always been a passion? You know what? Uh, in college, um, near a lot of part of my time in college, I just, I love ties in general. Um, unlike a lot of people want to do it in corporate attire. Um, I actually like corporate attire mainly because I can express myself. Um, just being, you know, one of my small miniature rants around uh, clothing, men are given very limited options. We have shorts, we have pants, we have long sleeve shirts, sleeveless shirts, and then short sleeve shirts. The variations are very limited, right? Women have a lot of shoe options. We have a lot of <laughs> oh, like, struggle. bottom options. Like, and, and, I, and, I don't, and like some guys like, duh, I don't want any options because I'm not stylish. I don't care about that. Well, for me, Self-expression is something I really do cherish. And so I love the ability to communicate and just kind of share how I'm feeling through things like, like clothes. And oh so yeah. um, so, I, so I randomly said, hey, I went to this store, I think it was Joseph A. Banks. And I said, hey, I will buy two bow ties for me right now, sir. You teach me how to tie one. And I <laughs> sat in the store for an hour and this fine gentleman just worked with me over and over and over again. And I spent 70 bucks on two bow ties and walked out the store to thank you for your time. And so ever since then, I've kind of been hooked. Um, and I just thought, you know, now I have lots of ties and always going to have more bow ties. I haven't been <laughs> buying as many because you have a three-year-old and three-year-olds are very expensive. Yes. Um, oh. that's, that's, when the, that's when Disney Channel and Nickelodeon finally convinced them that every commercial Oh. It's something they need to have. And they've moved um, the commercials to the middle of the shows. They just like the reaching it's into the your life. They, I think Disney literally just like reaches into my wallet and starts. It, yeah, it's, anno- it's really annoying, actually, uh, because she, she just, 
I wish I had that. That's, yeah. that's her phrase now. I wish not, not even I want that, Daddy. I wish I, I wish I had that someday. Right. I'm like, who taught you this phrase? Like, and the who, eyelashes, who? and you're done. Like, you're and, yeah. Done. And so there's, there's a lot of me saying, "Oh man, this is gonna be a, a painful Christmas." Um, <laughs> and right now, the big it thing in all of toys are toys that poop. And I have no idea what that is the thing right now. Like every doll, every toy, yes. they all poop. And I'm like, what is this? Like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> I don't understand like why this is the trend. I mean, and I mean, I can count six toys on top of my head that are now pooping. I'm like, I don't want a, a, I don't get that. No, so that's just my small miniature rant. But yeah, I love bow ties, love some expression. And it was just random. I, just, I mean, I literally chose a random Sunday, walked through a mall, paid a guy some bucks, two ties, and got me to tie them. Okay. Everyone listening who has a bow tie, you need to send one to Kevin. If anyone has a poop bow tie, I will personally give you $100 <laughs> to send it yeah, to like, Kevin. Yeah, you have yeah, a tie like poop emojis on it. Like, you know, well, at, least, at, least they're, at least they're smiling, right? The poop yeah. emoji on all your phones, like, is the happiest emoji. Oh, and honestly, all right, I'm on board with you because recently my wife and I are trying to do the capsule wardrobe thing together, right? The idea like you can spend a lot of money on a bunch of many, many clothing items you don't like because that's how they're being marketed to us and the styles mm-hmm. change so fast. They're made cheaply. But and then everyone feels guilty about buying, but you could actually buy a few pieces you love that are really expensive and still spend less. So I'm with you because, you know, apparently capsule wardrobes only for women. I'm I'm into this. I like this idea. Okay, so I actually found okay, so guys, this is not about fashion, I promise you. We're gonna change the topic today. This is men's capsule wardrobe, stake in the ground. <laughs> I actually found a really great article by a celebrity stylist for men. So okay. she's a celebrity stylist for like you know for men. And she walks through all like the staples you have in your wardrobe, article by article, and gives you the expensive version and then like the like the fairly priced, like average person version. And I've made like, this gigantic wonder list. Of every single item, my job over the next few months is to buy them all, piece by piece. I've ever replaced items in my wardrobe because it is—it's like the classic white shirt, the classic navy blue shirt, the classic black right. shirt. I'm like, I'm like, I could do this. Like, I could totally do this. And she shows you all the variations of it. It's inspiring to say I can have 21 items in my wardrobe and essentially wear almost every classic style that ever existed. All right, this link is going in the show notes. I will find it. I will give it to you. I will find it. Okay, sorry, keep going. But yes, I will find it. It will be in the, in the show notes because it really is helpful because, um, you know, if you want to know how to dress for all occasions. Uh, by the way, I'm not a stylist, but I'm going to steal her work. It's a great blog post. <laughs> all right, bow ties. I know you also DJ weddings. I think I follow, what's the Instagram handle? Yeah, we are the hype men. The hype uh, men. I'm one ha- yep, I'm one half of a DJ duo. My best buddy growing up, he and I, we DJ weddings together. Completely organic experience there. We um, he DJ my wedding for free, and then we then I DJ another friend's wedding that he was a groomsman for free. And we, my mom and my dad's, uh, uh, my dad, my mom, and my dad got remarried. Um, they were divorced for, for twenty years. And they got remarried to each other. Wow. Uh, when I was when I was twenty seven, another story, another podcast, full of drama. But they got remarried to each other when I was twenty seven years old, and we DJ that wedding together. And then we did one more friend's wedding and the wedding was horrific. I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> horrible. And we said, there's no way we ever do this again with the possibility and for it's, free. Like, it's we don't because care. you played chicken dance. As it, soon it, as you it, played like, that, I just don't, like, I don't care if, you know, we don't make lots of money, but we can't ever do this and it go this bad again and, <laughs> and, and say, all we have to pay for this, like, we have nothing to show for this. Um, and so we started charting. And after that, we, um, we're now what, four or five years in, about 50 weddings in, and I love it. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible experience, and I love being a part of people's um, best days of their lives. And it's just a great self-expression, another thing outside of work that fuels who I am. Yeah. Yeah, it all makes up the bigger picture. You know, when people, mm-hmm. some people are thrown off maybe, like, oh, well, what does that have to do with your business? It's like, well, you can have more than one passion, Right. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, for sure. And and, and and it does, I mean, in that it's um, humbling, like in the sense that like, I am DJing and you're not here to see how smart Kevin is with turntables. You're not here to, 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 to discover my musical taste. You're here to make people you love. Mm. And, if, and if I'm willing to put myself in the backseat and say, I'm only here to serve and create an experience for people, a memory for the people that you gather together on this important day in your life. And I'm going to do a great job. And I think that sometimes as creatives, we have an ability to 
want to prove our validate ourselves, prove our self-worth, whatever, whatever. But if you're there to serve other people, it's different. And then I'm having more fun. I'm having more fun when I'm actually there just to help you have a moment as opposed to doing something for myself. But I also learn a lot about human behavior. Um, yeah. it's a really, it's a really great study in that regard, but yeah, but it's just, it's a labor of love that, uh, a hobby that pays what I like to call it. <laughs> okay. Well, there's one other thing I really wanted to know. This is turning into like some kind of rapid fire quiz. You are into Ted talks and so am I. What's, what's one of your favorites? Ooh, man, I, I'll go Nancy Duarte. When she breaks down um, MLK's "I Have a Dream" speech mm. and talks about about how to give a powerful talk, um, <laughs> the team you know, in the you know, room is going like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that one really got me, and 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 it, yeah, because I think I don't think the average person who wants to write a great talk is thinking about the, the power of their points. Uh, they think, and, and if you think about the "I Have a Dream" speech, like, yes, he has some really great points and ideas. Um, but it's, it's really, it's a challenge to, mm-hmm. all, to our thing. It's a paradigm shift more than anything else. And when he breaks down how he does it and closes the gap between, you know, our, our present reality and our desired future um, and what can happen, it's really compelling. So I, I would say that one of my favorite. Um, I'm sorry. I said it back already. Okay. I love it when a lot, clearly. <laughs> my favorite one is Derek Sivers' How to Start a Movement. Ah, yes. This is the one with the kid on the, the hill. The lone nut. That's yes. right. Crazy guy on the hill. Yeah. The lone nut turned a crazy person. I'm sorry. The first follower turned the lone nut into a leader. And I was like, oh, come yeah. on, Derek. I love that yes. so much. Yeah. Yes. So uh. leaders, yeah, the loneliness of the first follower. So every leader has to thank their first follower for making them a leader. And I uh. love that. Okay. So your brand, you get this. I was an engineer. So, you know, the term was elegant. An elegant solution is when it's like it wraps all this complexity into like this simple, punchy. That's what that was. I saw that mm-hmm. one and I was just like, I had chills because of how simple it was. But the implications yeah. are like you could give talks for days on it. Oh, yes. Yes. So obviously, Ted is like the you know, world class standard of communication. Um, but yeah, loan that to a leader. Man, that one's first follower. That, oh, that, that one's my favorite probably because of how it was delivered too. <laughs> Super short, punchy video in the background while he's talking. I mean, it was powerful. Uh, okay, we could go forever. So let's transition. People can connect with you and check out all the other random interests you have another time. But I want to talk yes. about a little bit of how you came into what you're doing. And I, I just love to hear a bit of the story of how did you figure out uh, you know, what your purpose is and, and start leaning into your potential? Yeah, um, it's twofold. Uh, I would say the first one is hardship. Um, my life growing up wasn't, it was definitely not the worst in the world, golly, but we were definitely lower middle class. Um, I'm proud of a single mom. Uh, you already heard my parents were divorced when I was seven. And um, I think seeing someone you love Work so hard to take care of you, um, and you see the struggle. It, it, you want to provide better for them. You want to thank them and show your appreciation um, for their sacrifice. And so, so I think my mom uh, played a big role in that, and me just having an ambition that I think, and it was materialistic for sure. I mean, I was young and stupid, um, but it was definitely like, oh, we will never, we will not keep struggling like this forever. Like this can't continue. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And if you juxtapose against my father and seeing his his struggles, I mean, which um, you know, he's let me share publicly, like with drug addiction and um, and things he had his own issues with. Um, you have that juxtaposition. Okay, I can turn out like this if I don't apply the effort, and I can also fix this current situation, mm. and it just turn into a, a, a lot of fuel. Um, then when your own issues still make you hit rock bottom a bit. Um, so in 2000, he's being really, trained. I don't think I've ever said publicly, but it is what it is. It's a fact. Uh, 2010, I'm dating my now wife and I have my own personal issues. And she's like, Hey dude, you don't get your act together. We're probably not going to make it. Like, hmm. I mean, I like, you know, I think you're great, but we're not going to make it. And for me, that took me to, you know, some resources helped me to deal with my life. And, um, probably, probably my first, I would say introduction to counseling in a more formal setting. And um, 
in the process of like, okay, what do you what what do you want for your own life? Kind of came out of the process. Uh-huh. You know, we, we might be me writing my first version of my own personal mission statement. You know, saying, hey, you can't change your life for someone else. You have to change your life for you. So I was already ambitious, but I had no mission. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I wanted to change circumstances, but it had a limitation of if I could buy my mom a nice house and just tell her thank you for her sacrifice. Um, if I could prove to people that I wasn't going to be statistic because of my upbringing. And got a personal mission statement. And um, in that process of discovering it, I ended up saying, okay, oh, I want to help people reach their life's full potential because I want to reach my own. And that kind of anchored mm. my behavior. Um, and I recognized that I, for me, a lot of what changed my life along the way and exposed me to things was books and, and content, content from other people. And I was like, man, I, want, I would love to help other people encounter content like this. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was doing uh, marketing at an at email marketing technology company um, called Emma. They were a fantastic employer that I would say definitely helped continue to reinforce the trajectory of my life. Um, but my wife told me to go to a conference called the Quitter Conference by John A. Cuff. Uh-huh. Um, and John actually from a friend, which is really cool too. Um, and so went to that conference and my wife saw a job with Dave Ramsey's company. I was like, okay, great. Wow. I mean, to go from t- marketing technology to selling books and content that changes people's lives, let's give it a go. Mm. And, and I was like, okay, all right. I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about people connect with other people. I mean, in college, I studied music business, so I was talking to market music and recording artists uh-huh. and their message. But to take that and put it in this much more, and I love music, obviously, I DJ, right? Yeah. But to put that out from this actually designed for transformation. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, books help transform my life. Um, I was like, okay, great. Yeah, I'm all into this. Mm. Selling a book, selling a message, someone's personal story, I'm into it. And I think my interest made me better at it um, than, I, than my own proficiency. Like, I think my passion huh. for the subject. Yeah made me better at it faster uh, than I think I should honestly I think I should have been like my experiences I think at that point didn't measure what I just care I care really deeply and yeah and so so I think for me that's a big part of it I mean so it's hardship for sure and then it's you know personal hardship hardship with others and then me seeing my own transformation and wanting to pay it forward that just kind of kickstarted it all for me yeah it's so cool I mean it sounds like you had that ambition, but the mission gave direction to the ambition. Man, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think, and, and I understand that you have to come, you come to that on your own time, for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, and I, yeah, it's ambition plus a mission, for sure, that, that changed the trajectory of my work. And you were so intentional along the way. Like you said, even the example with the books and the content, it's like your interest in it gave you more fuel and direction than than some kind of skill or proficiency. It's like you're very intentional to kind of have experiences and learn from people who have, who have been there. And I, and I, and I wouldn't say intentionality, it, but it was drive. Like mm. when you want something, you start asking more questions, you start pursuing information. I mean, you know, don't get me started about learning on your own, but like at this point, folks, let's be honest, everybody listening to this podcast, if, if you ever tell yourself you don't know something anymore, you are making an excuse. I'm going to call you out right. If you're listening to this podcast right now, if you, t- if you have anything else you're not doing because you don't know how to do it, it's bullcrap. Yeah. Because you have Google. <laughs> and if you have Google and you have YouTube, you don't have an excuse. Hey, am I good with car maintenance? Absolutely not. But it's not because I can't find information. It's because I don't want to get my hands dirty and go out in the hot sun and let oil trip all over me while I figure something out. True. Like, it's not because I can't. I'm yeah. just choosing not to. So I've chosen to pay my mechanic $700 to fix my air conditioner and change oil issues, but I couldn't know how to do it on my own because I don't want to know how to do it. And it's a different conversation to I've made a decision versus I can't. Yeah. And so so I, I think for me, it was a big piece of it. Uh, I wasn't intentionality. I was to drive. But eventually, intentionality kicked in because I had a two-point error, because I had a place to direct it. And, and, I, and I do think that at some point, you have to become intentional, but I, I can't give myself that much credit since I started that way. Okay, but there there are a lot of people listening who are, they feel stuck, but they're kind of on the cusp of a big 
personal change. Like they're figuring out who they are, what they want to be, what they need to do going forward. But I hear often kind of like I'm stuck because I don't know. uh, I don't necessarily have those skills or credentials. Like where do I go in terms of, you know, who to learn from or how to kind of start getting in that world? Like it sounds like you were good at getting into the world that you wanted to be in. I mean, what would you say to them? Because, yeah, there's Google, but there's also like the connections and the experiences. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll be transparent here as well. Okay. Getting into circles is overrated. Like, it, it, I mean, and, I, and I'm saying as a as an early decision or step. Like, yes, it, I mean, long term, it changes your life. So, yes, so everybody, what you, know, what you know about who you know, also, yeah, all those stories and all those great quotes. Yeah, totally true. But getting at the very beginning, it doesn't matter because you don't have any value to add to those individuals. Mm. So, what I, if I had to reverse engineer what I did, it would be learn, hey, there's something I, I want you to know how to do. I learned said skill. My job may or may not give me an opportunity to apply said skill. I will volunteer to apply this set of skills to someone who I think in my sphere who might need it. I do a decent job at that. I learn, I build confidence. I do that again. Now I tell people I do this because I've come to say that out loud. Hey, so I said, the next time you're at a random coffee hmm. and someone says, hey, what do you do? Instead of being like, oh, I do nothing. You know, I'm just trying to, no, hey, I do this thing. I, you say the new skill, that person categorizes you in their brain around said thing you say you do. Uh-huh. Word starts to spread. Other people who, who can't afford you or pay you well are going to ask you for your help. You're going to say yes because you want you want to do it for free right now. And now you have now you now you have seven experiences where you've done it, and now your name's in circles as the person who's done it, right? Yeah. But it wasn't because you were trying to be in the circle. You said, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing for free to get better at it." And now I'm in a circle known as doing it. I think you know, like so long before, yeah. Like so, before Dave Ramsey gave me a job as a marketer for the speakers and authors that were going to succeed him, I knew I wanted to do that job. I knew it. They put up on the screen to all the marketers, "Hey, we're going to hire for this new role in like a year and a half or a year." And and I, I mean, and I don't do the job in a couple of months. So like I wrote on paper, I want that job. Mm-hmm. And then I literally started going out of my job doing, the, doing personality style marketing for friends. Hey, you're an artist. You want to put out music. I'll help you write your email. I'll help you build that website. I'll help you think about this. I'll help you think about your logo. Yeah. I'll help you. Now, and, and, and so then right before the job went online, I started looking for every opportunity inside the company to volunteer to help on projects related to the personalities <laughs> and office speakers coming up. Yeah. And that, that meant me coordinating with another colleague of mine, John A. Cuff's 5 a.m. meetup called Five Club. <laughs> and that led to me, you know, doing anything I do to help out with him or any other, other speakers, that, you know, for free, you know, outside of my work. And when they came over, I said, I walked, the, I walked in literally 6, I think 7 a.m. to the head of uh, personality strategy, his, his office. And I said, I want this job. I'm the person for this job. Let me tell you what I've been doing. I started work for this job. No one wants this job more than me. If you don't hire me to do it, I'm going to keep doing it for free outside of here anyway. He said, all right, let's talk about it, right? And it wasn't because I was the best. I'm right. telling you, I, I mean, y'all, I'm not the best, right? And, and, and like, I, you know, you really can't, oh, how, how can you say that? No, I'm saying, what what is the best? Like, you know, like, no, I don't know yet. Like, the best is subjective. I want to be the best in my own mind. I'm not there yet. So I'm not going to give myself the standard of the best. You know? Yeah, and, and what I and, love you know, about that is the confidence. It's humble, but it's also really confident. For sure, but it, it was rooted in the current reality. Hey, I'm telling you, I really want this. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to get better without your help anyway. And no one here cared about this role more than me because I, I circled it a year ago and I've been doing my part to prepare myself for this moment. Yeah. And that's all I could do you know, at the time. That's all I understood to do. And so I think it's a... That that's how you get in the circle. Like that's how you, the, the, the circle is not. It's so when I showed up, it wasn't Kevin's necessarily the, the most experienced in the whole world at personal branding. Yeah, but it was. He's the best guy in this moment in this place who willing to put the work in to go do it. He'll get the opportunity to become better. Right. And and then and so that when that was the first check mark, you know. Uh, and so you say, well, so I think it's a. Um, and now I'm in the circle with Dave. Like, oh, Kevin's in the circle. You right, know, it's right. like, oh, I, well, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, how do I make Dave Ramsey notice me? And I think a lot of people do that incorrectly. And I, and I have a friend of mine who's really good at getting noticed by people. Like, he's good at it. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't, 
care about if the person notices me. I care about doing the opportunity that I really want to do for the impact I want to have. And hopefully that makes me attractive to that person as well. Yeah. And it's more in your control and it's not manipulate, uh, manipulative. So Sure. Totally. I mean, okay. So people struggle with the brand concept. I love how you put it because you had said a brand is a reputation and that branding is the act of scaling a reputation. So is that similar in process to what you're talking about when you help people do this branding stuff? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, reputation management is hard, right? Because a reputation by definition resides in the minds of someone else. A reputation is not reality by, by definition. So you're like, well, what do you mean? I, I am not that way. How dare <laughs> they think that? I'll say, well, you might be right. You, they might have you all wrong. However, a reputation is their perception. Yeah. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so you can influence it. You can try to guide it. You can be strategic about what you do to it to, to make it what it is. But it is not yours. It's theirs. It's their perception of you. So... In that regard, we, with our brand, we're just trying to say how was a reputation strategically leveraged, right, for an objective. So we want everyone to feel some way about Greenhouse. We want you to feel some way about the Greenhouse Effect podcast, about Greenhouse culture, the organization, and we're intentionally trying to influence your, your thoughts around it before you get there. How do you know that, Kevin? Well, this podcast is, a, is, a, is as much as an education tool, a marketing tool. It's a branding tool. Mm. Well, hey, well, why? Well, we get to hear Steve ask, hopefully, quasi-intelligent people like myself, ask, answer questions, and you get to hear his thought process, the way he processes information, what he cares about. That is subconsciously impacting your understanding and perception about Greenhouse because right. Steve is kind of organization. And so we are really smart as human beings, but we're not really good at being as rational as we think we are. Yeah. You know? And so that's a part of it. Okay. So what about, and we've been struggling with this lately, really working on some of this brand stuff. And I think what's tricky is there's more and more organizations like us where we don't just have a very clear cut, like demographic. And when you, when you think about this, you want to build that reputation with people, but how do you find those people? How do you identify them? And I'm just curious how you help people with this part of it, because your, your business and all the things you're up to are very similar. There's people who would love hearing what you have to say, but how do you find them? How do you get your voice into their world? Yeah. Um, I'll give you the, the quick and dirty version of this because we're on a podcast and I've already, already talked a lot about things that aren't branding. So um, <laughs> the key thing is this. Who's paying you money today? Do more of these people exist literally like this? You know, and, and, and I'm, you might say, Kevin, no one's paying money at all. All right, there we go. Now, if that's the case, we got to start mm, there. Uh-huh. Who wants to give us dead presidents? Um, you know, I mean, like who wants to part with their hard-earned money <laughs> For what we have to provide. Yeah. If, now, so if we don't have that, we'll solve that problem first. But assuming someone is voting with their dollars, we want to find out more about them. So you might ask questions like, hey, let's go to our top referral source and ask them, what do you say we do for you? When, when do you feel like it's the right time to bring us up to your friends? Who do you think we are right for? Okay, great. That's one way to do it. Another mm-hmm. way, survey people who are there, ask them questions. I've, I've asked my clients who I, who I love working with, will you send me your personality profiles? What? Uh, Anything that gives yeah. me insight into the mind of the person who's voting. Now, I'm assuming this, this challenge is most prevalent if you say, well, I have people paying me money and they're 25. Some of them are 50 years old. Some of them are 30. Somebody's a woman, somebody's a man, somebody's, somebody's African American, somebody's you know, Caucasian. I don't, I can't tell. They all look so different. I would challenge you to say, is it really that different? <laughs> or, or you believe what you have to do is still valuable to everybody because it can be valuable to sure. everyone and everyone not want it. So good example of this, right? Let's just say vegetables. 
Does everyone, should everyone eat vegetables? Yes. Are they valuable and, and have nutrients for everyone? Absolutely. Does everyone buy vegetables? Absolutely not. They don't. But the, the group who does, you know what they want? Organic. They'll pay more. Why? Because that group wants vegetables so badly. They'll pay more <laughs> for a vegetable that was raised in good soil. Yeah. Because this group cares about their health. Yeah. So for this group, Whole Foods is like, yep, we'll, we'll, we'll charge you quadruple what you're getting on produce at another place. Because this kind of people, they want the best of it for the, for the benefits. Right. And so, so it, it's, it's more of a saying we have to own what's really happening. So most people struggle to separate their vision of impact from who's currently giving them money mm. for real. Now, you know why? Because because they, they go to anecdotal feedback. Well, I have one client in their business. You just said one. See, that, that, that's enough. That, 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 I, I want who, who is most, who's showing up most often. Yeah. And then, you know, but there's a lot of people trying to have, I know you're really good in, in the social media realm and advice in that space or people who, you know, businesses who have products at scale and it's outside of just their circles. How do you translate some of those insights? I mean, we can cheat, right? We have Facebook to say, I can upload my email list of clients, assuming you have at least 100 people or 50, you know, and they can analyze my list and present me another 100,000 people that fit those demographics, mm-hmm. right? So we, we can cheat today. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so so I recommend cheating. If you're like, I really don't know, don't worry, just cheat. If you're running a Facebook, run a lookalike audience campaign, you can YouTube that. And, <laughs> and, 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 you, know, and yeah. you, have the, you have the opportunity to start that process. But when it comes to scaling, this is what scaling is dependent upon you locking on, in on your hoop. Hmm. Like you can't scale you know, if, you, if, you haven't, if you haven't trimmed off hoop and said, we are, we are designed for this person. Yes. I mean, so I'm giving an example. I'm going to go public with this. So I'm in Michael Hyatt's um, business accelerator program. Okay. Yeah. All right. It is designed. People who are who are at a minimum are making half a million dollars a year in revenue. Uh-huh. All right. And they are but really one million plus. Guys, I, I have no shame in this because I'm 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 I've only been entrepreneur for one year. I am not yet at a million dollars a year in revenue. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope I hope the mistake's not gone. We're gonna right? turn the recording off. Oh, turn turn just stop listening. You got a millionaire <laughs> tomorrow. What's wrong with this guy? Um, I thought you were was, in the circles, Kevin. Oh. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, you know what? I found out. I hope it's shattered. People are, people are really rich, don't love just getting all their money away. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, yeah. so the key thing is like, it's like, well, here's the thing. They didn't design it for me. I am benefiting. I am trying to accelerate myself to the one million mark by being in this circle, learning what they're learning. Yeah. But I'm not at a million yet. Right. Now, I've only been in business full-time as an entrepreneur separate of all my employment stuff for a calendar year, but that's not the point. The point of it is they didn't design for me. They, they're happy to give, they're happy to take my money. Happy to take my money. Happy I'm benefiting. Happy I'm there, but they didn't design it for me. They designed it for someone who's a million plus trying to scale who knows what their product is and knows what their product is not. And so... That's what's everyone like. So design it with someone in mind who who is. You always have secondary and tertiary audiences and consumers, but you have to know the primary who. And I think it's first of all, I said, if I had you have one customer you love and others you don't, if I had more people like them, what would they look like? What do they care about? What do they need? Two, I have lots of customers who showing up most often. Okay. You know, three, I have lots of customers and they're all various types. Pick your favorite. Hmm. Pick who's most profitable. Pick who loves your mission the most. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, and, and say we're going to. Now, I would, I would probably recommend profit first, uh, just because I do think sometimes as, as, as visionaries, we want to change the world, and people want to, we want to help. Don't have any money, um, and that's okay to say. I'm gonna get make money from this people helping them, and I'll and I'll find a way through some other means to help you. Yeah. Well, and I, what I, what's so helpful about what you're saying is for anyone like me, the way I'm wired is I get worried on missing out on, it, it's like, okay, if I hone in on this person, well, then I'm going to miss these people. And part of what I hear you saying is if you target the person kind of in their end state, when they've reached their vision, let's call it, 
then you're also going to attract people like you and Michael Hyatt's group who aren't there yet, but are aspiring toward that. I could not agree more. Yeah. I, I, I think that when you target who's headed there, you'll get some people from, from falling out from the aspiring. Hmm. If you only target aspiring, you'll be homeless. Yeah. Because home, because aspiring, but don't have the money yet. And, and here's the thing that I, my heart's for the aspiring. I mean, I made my heart beats for <laughs> aspiring in almost yeah. any an institute. I mean, I am pro underdog in almost all settings. The reality, though, is they don't have the money. Right. But I guarantee you, every aspiring entrepreneur, author, speaker who wants to write a book, build a personal brand, they wouldn't call me if I had not already helped the established. Yeah. Well, you know, the beauty is this world now, because there's so much free content, those people can still benefit by being in your ecosystem. And I was just telling someone the other day, you probably know Stu McLaren. I found, uh, followed his free stuff for a long time before I bought his course. And once I got in the course, I'm like, I already know all this stuff. But it was, it was actually still felt like a win to me because it was kind of structured. But I benefited so much along the way before I even was able to pay. Yeah, and, and uh, Tim Ferriss said this on a, on a podcast um, I heard last year. It really resonated with me. And it was talking about this idea of saying, people say, well, I want somebody to mentor me. I want a mentor to be somebody to mentor me. By the way, I believe in mentorship, and I do believe in mentorship and just someone giving you advice, um, you know, randomly. But he said, if after all the hundreds of hours uh-huh. and interviews with Seth Godin, 13, 14 books, podcasts he's been on, like, what do you think he's going to tell you over coffee? And he has not said somewhere. I mean, like, truly, like, what like, What do you think he's going to He's written a blog post every day, day, seven days a week for over 15 years. What do you think he's going to tell you yeah. you don't already know? Uh, if, yes. if anything, people like Seth know that your request for coffee, either because you want to be associated with him, significance, Two, you want to tell him thank you and express gratitude, which doesn't require coffee. Three, you want to be lazy and not do the work of going through his, his volume and library to access the information. Right. So why would you meet with you if you can't even so read why, the blog? So, so <laughs> why would I meet with you? Yeah. And, 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 and so and I think that's the challenge we've asked ourselves. Same thing with Oprah. Hundreds of hours of video, right? Tim Ferriss, hundreds of hours of podcasts. Every Tim Ferriss book is over 500 pages. What do you think he's going to tell you <laughs> face to face? And, and, and so, and for me, I love it so much to say, if I wanted to, right, for any believers listening to this podcast, well, whether or not, I get it, right? But the idea of reading any scripture of any religion is to memorize and, and live and recall this, these scriptures, this, this sacred document to help you live your life. You know, I'm sure most of us can recall what our parents said to us. They were, they were so repetitive with principles that our life say, what would mom say right now? You probably know what your mom would say, right? When my brother and I got into a fight, my mom would always tell us, you're the only brother you're ever going to have. That's how every <laughs> lecture started, uh-huh. right? Well, but that means I, she did her part. Well, that means if I read Seth Godin's book over and over and over and over again about marketing, I might be able to recall what Seth would tell me in a, in a key moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that means we actually have hmm. the ability to be mentored by almost anybody. That's okay. This is deep. Wow. That's a whole so, other podcast. So, yeah. It's like, well, it's like, oh, hey, I'll say, Steve, you got a minute? Well, I mean, do you listen to the podcast and talk to Kevin about the personal branding? Well, don't call me yet. Right. Like, I mean, and, and it's not rude. It's saying Steve's giving up his time and his team's time. Right. I talked to Jacqueline on your team. Right. People are putting hours and time in to coordinate this one singular moment so they can live on longer than the moment mm. so you have access to help on demand. So if you're like, hey, Steve, can I pick your brain? Absolutely not. If you have not listened to the podcast first about that topic, if you have a follow-up question, totally. Don't have one? Get out of here. I'll, tell, I'll, say, I'll say it for you. He would never say this. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of my inbox. You heard him. Quit, wasn't quit me. clouding. It wasn't Steve. Get out of Steve's inbox. Don't ask that silly <laughs> question anymore. Because because he's voting with his dollars. Yeah. He's paying a person who's qualified like Jacqueline to coordinate this. He's spending money. Real money. Not fake money, guys. Not, <laughs> she's, she's not a volunteer. She's not, Dead she's not there. Not you know, live like, ones. You know, exactly. Real money being spent 
to provide this resource to you. Yeah. So what slap in the face is it to say, you know what? I mean, I'm not listening to your podcast, read your blogs or anything like that, but I will look at your brain for an hour. Uh, Get yes. out of here. That means you don't care. You're <laughs> pretending to care. That means you want, you, you're trying to tell a story about who you are instead of being that person. Yeah. Look, I'm, look, I'm a go-getter. Steve, I called you. I, I'm, I'm after it. No, no, no. Steve, I listen to every podcast. I read every blog post. Yeah. And I have a follow-up follow question. Yeah. That's, that question is going to be crazy informed mm, because, thanks. you know, and, and, and the respect now seems like, what do you want? Why? Because you're clearly committed to me too. Right. 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 Go, and so, be, and so, go, be a yeah. go be a go-getter first. And then, don't pretend. Why? I mean, I mean, seriously, seriously. Because what is what is that doing? Like, it's, it's like so, so. You want me to think you work hard? By the way, I'm not saying I'm a hard worker if you don't listen to every podcast. You might be busy. What I'm saying is, you want me to think you're a go getter to prove what? Right. Like, it, 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 unless you want me to hire you for my company, but even if, if that's the case, even more you listen to the entire volume because you want to impress your potential boss to hire you. So the key thing is this: you don't even. Produce the results that you want. Go get the skill you want. And, and, and at that point, it's different. Now you say, Steve, I'm emailing you because I'm an audio editor. And I know you all do audio and you're already paying for this. But I want to do it for free for your podcast because I want to get more exposure as a podcast editor. Oh, that's not the same. I'm calling. I'm emailing Steve with free value. Yeah. That's not the same question. That's not <laughs> uh, the same as can I pick your brain. Yes. And what you said, you said, this was mixed in there, but really important. I want to call it out. It's the idea that if there's someone you aspire to or, you know, you really resonate with them or, or you want to, you know, someone you'd love to get coffee with is take in, take in their content enough that it's actually in their head. So in that moment when you need their advice, it's already in there. It's oh like you gosh, already know yes. what they would say. That's but, huge. <laughs> We, we, I mean, we have, I mean, guys, I'm guilty of this. Now, I'm not, I mean, I don't, I refuse to email authors I have information with, to, even, even if I've not met them before, I will not email them and ask them a question if I've not read the book. I just refuse to do so. It's like, it's like Kevin, they spent a lot of time writing this book. Like, if you won't read the book, buy the Audible book. Like, like you <laughs> don't want, I'll buy you coffee, but you won't buy the Audible book? Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you're, you're pretending you're uh, pretending. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and so, and I get, I get it. It's ego. You want to be significant. You're saying, I want to be significant to you all. Like, hear this. My wife's calling me out. So now, Kevin, why are you doing that? Check your motives. Are you, what are you doing it for? Like, I am guilty. But I'm saying to say, but that's why, even if I know Kerry Newhart, I'm not going to think an email or text him a question I know he answered on his blog. I refuse out of respect for the person I care about. Yeah. I, ch I cherish his time too much to abuse my access for questions I know he's answered. Well, unfortunately, and this we is not personal branding at all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. See, this is why. This is why. Okay, I already owe you like a part two. I'm sorry. I do this at times. You do. Did you even I'm listen sorry. to my? my episode on personal branding before you talk to me? Why are you emailing me? <laughs> I already you talked about this. Get out of here, Kevin. <laughs> all right. <Kevin's> so, <laughs> all right. We got to wrap this one up, but we're definitely having you on again and we can hit on those topics. And I think I'm so sorry. maybe a good place to wrap up. Cause I obviously, I mean, everyone can hear in your voice. I can see in your face. You have a, a passion and a fullness for this stuff, but you also told us that, you know, growing yourself is how you grow others. And that kind of taking that step to invest in yourself or to, to make money so you can give it. I think a lot of people need the freedom to, to know that. And maybe you could just, um, leave us off on a note around that. Yeah, sure thing. So, so because, I mean, by the way, I'm sure they're going to read Tyler's episode around something that's much more appropriate than personal branding. So whatever the title of this podcast is, I hope you benefited from it. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I know you're really smart. You're way smarter than me. You got this, but with that being said, we all have a reputation, right? Because we can't control, everyone has a perception of who we are. Our families have a perception of who we are, right? That means everyone has a personal brand. Because yeah, it's going to perceive you in your, your sphere of influence. However, everyone does not have a platform. A platform is an audience of people that have chosen to be influenced by you. It's a community that's chosen to be influenced by you, right? So if Steve never had a podcast, he had a reputation, everyone had a personal brand to his friends, his, his, his colleagues, et cetera. 
but a, a community who want to gather around you and hear what you have to say and say, please, we want to give you our time and attention on purpose, that's special. And that's bigger than a personal brand. That's the impact a personal brand can have, but it's not a personal brand. It's the impact of a personal brand when done on, with a mission with a greater purpose. And you only amass a community who want to hear you by helping them grow, helping them achieve some desired result or outcome in their life. When you grow someone else, that grows the business, that grows the brand, right? Because if Steve changes my life and someone says, Kevin, man, you're doing great. How do I do what you do? Oh, I, I talked to Steve. Oh, well, I'm going to call Steve too. And Steve does it again and again and again. And Steve's reputation, right, the brand starts to change along with his results because mm. each person helps advance their reputation. And they start to grow a platform at the same time. It's not something you do separately. It happens simultaneously, but it's done on mission. But he can only do that when he has something to give. Right? I mean, one of my clients, Mark Miller, his dad always tell him, you can't sell from an empty wagon. Right. If the wagon's empty, there's nothing to sell. Right. And, you know, you, you can't give what you do not have. And so that means Steve helping us grow starts with Steve growing himself. He can give from that overflow to each of us. And that's how if we hopefully benefit from that. It grows his brand. It grows his business. The same is true in your personal life. The same is true at home with your kids and your family, your spouse, your parents. It's true at work. You, an organization, literally by definition, is a group of people. A group of people. Mm. That means people are an organization. Individuals make up an organization. So like, I'm tired of working for the man. You are the man. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, 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 so, so collectively, we are the man. Like, it's, it's like, that's a fictitious idea. So I just challenge you to invest in yourself because that's how you're going to grow people. And that's how you're going to grow your income. That's how you're going to grow everything. You'll have more to give, which will make you more valuable, which means more money, more impact, more everything. Uh, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, but that's really how it starts. All right. We're cliffhanging right there because that's really good. It tees up so many more questions, um, but hopefully we can have you back. And honestly, this, this was really fun. Uh, it was inspiring to me. So I know it'll be inspiring to everyone listening. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Hey, thank you, everybody. If you want to hang out with me, you can just text me. Yeah, 615-455-3399. 615-455-3399. Shoot me a text. I'll automatically text you back. I'll ask you for information. We'll exchange it. We'll talk. So that's it. Okay. So, so what, for, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Let's hang out. What do you mean? <laughs> I, mean I mean, we can talk more about this stuff. We can talk about personal branding. Um, I look forward to coming back on the podcast. P.S. Everybody. They're really book far out. Like, so, like, so I just, you know, like, I'll probably be back on, like, I'll be back in like 2020. So, We're a big deal. I mean, I'm, I saw the calendar. I, I saw the link. So, I know how it's going down over at Greenhouse right now. Yeah. And I'll probably show back up in 2020, hopefully. <laughs> um, you know, I'll talk to Jacqueline, see what she can let me do. Yeah, it's all her. She's, you know, she's the one driving the success. But before anyone texts you, guys, don't text him until you do a couple things. First of all, check out his website, kevinbjennings.com. And the podcast that I've been listening to, Launch University. University is Y-O-U, University, right? I want to make That's sure. That's right. That. I know. I know. We're, we actually we rebranded. Tricky. So a new name, a new name's coming out. Okay. In a, in a month or so, I'm not going to announce it yet. Kind of the team, but we're rebranded. You know why? Because that's confusing. All right. <laughs> and that's just confusing. Okay. I mean, I know we try to be clever. Like launch yourself and your life. Launch you. Y-O-U. You get it? And you're like, no, I don't. I can't spell. Um, and so, yeah, don't worry, guys. And then I'm a story brand guy. And I, I, I knew, like, Kevin, how dare you? Didn't Donald say you confused you, lose? I know we lost. We lost. So we're going <laughs> to change our name and we're going to fix it. Nice. But yeah, thanks, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. I'm excited. All right. Here at the Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions. They are a company that provides virtual assistants and bookkeepers and social media managers. We want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients. His name is Dave Richards, the CEO and lead coach for Elite Performance Associates. 
Belay saved me when I was focused on growing my business. You know, I can think of recently, um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to confidently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me, how can I give more? This constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and you want more information, we have partnered with Belay to offer $200 off of your startup costs. And if you want to learn more about that or have a free consultation with a member of the Belay team, just click the link in the show notes or go to belaysolutions.com backslash next step. All right, give us your book recommendation today. All right, yeah, the book I love, The Dip. By Seth Godin. This is the first book I read back yes. in one of the main books I read uh, in 2008. Changed my life. I read it again this year. Changed my life again. All about the power of strategic quitting. That's right. Quitting is cool. You didn't know that, but Vince Lombardi's a liar. He said winners never quit. That's a bunch of bull. <laughs> winners, winners quit all the time. You just quit the right stuff. All right. We'll have the link in the show notes. Seth Godin, The Dip. It's an affiliate link. The money goes back to Greenhouse Effect. So buy the book through Greenhouse Link on the show notes. Uh, It's my job to keep this podcast on the air by buying books through the show notes. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.